Welcome to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. In this podcast, we tackle difficult issues related to living, loving, and leading in a broken world. We hope you are encouraged by today's episode. Welcome to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. It's great to have you with us today. Always good to be with my buddy John. How you doing, man? Uh, doing fantastic, and it is always good to be with you. I'm excited about today. I think we're going to have a great podcast. Yeah, I agree. Today. Anything uh, interesting going on in your life these days? No, just headed to California. We're just just talking, heading yeah. to California to go preach to the church and and uh, do some training with the staff. So I'm looking forward to that. Good. And, uh, no, I tell you what, I love what God's doing at World Challenge. It's just some really cool stuff. We've been looking at conferences next year, and I just really believe that God yeah. is going to do some good things. So. Love that. How yeah. about yourself? Anything going on your way? Uh, I'm actually not traveling right now, which is really <laughs> nice because uh, May was a very intense travel month. And so I'm enjoying being here and being able to be in the office and then just enjoy the weekends at home with Amy. And so it's all fun. So. Yeah. At some point, we're going to have to tell your story of 50 hours of travel to like a, a really remote region in Indonesia. Yeah. What a, what a powerful testimony of what God's doing there. Yeah, so. absolutely. Hey, so today we want to talk about, I think it's an important topic. And it's, mm-hmm. I think it's so important because it's pretty much universal. Yep. Doesn't matter if you're a believer or an unbeliever. Doesn't matter if you've been a believer for six years, 60 years, or six <laughs> minutes. Yeah. You know, you've probably experienced this. And that is how do we respond when people we've trusted let us down and they disappoint us? Yeah. And it's one that really goes to the heart of issues because I think that, um, you know, it's, it's one thing when people let you down, like, hey, Politicians let us down. Sports figures let us down. Uh, a lot of people let us down. Sure. But it's one thing when it's somebody you trusted, when somebody that you went, hey, you know, and for some of us, we're, you know, I, I'll trust people, but it's not like I just, you know, like just give trust to everybody. But when I put my trust in somebody and I go, really? You did that? It hurts. It I hurts mean, bad. it can have emotionally, it can add distress to your life. So how you navigate through it is really so important. So I think it's a really timely discussion. And like you said, whether you're a pastor leader in a church or a new believer, or if you're not even a believer, this really applies to most of humanity. It absolutely does. And, you know, as a caveat for those of us who are believers and probably most of the people who, of course, watch our podcast mm-hmm. or listen to it or are Christ followers— there is nothing, there is no hurt that's quite as significant as church hurt. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and so when someone inside the kingdom lets us down, you know, I think it's really, we, we need to know ahead of time how we're going to respond because we don't want our emotions guiding that, you know, process when it happens. Yeah, and it starts off, you know, one of the areas that we probably need to start with is is because we have expectations. Yep. When You know, hey, when I'm bouncing bars— I didn't have a lot of expectations for <laughs> bar bouncers or cocktail waitresses or the dude that's drunk, you know, uh, you know, that walks into the establishment. I really didn't have very high expectations. So the amount of hurt was like, you know, you give out to me, I'll give out to you. Sure. Whereas when you come in and you're a believer, all of a sudden you go, oh, you're a Christ follower. So the expectation is that they are going to treat you different than maybe other people in the world or people that aren't believers. And, you know, the expectation is what sometimes brings the hurt. And so it's really important when we, when we walk through this, we go, 
what are proper expectations? And I don't know how, how just as a, maybe a start off question, how do you determine the people that you trust? <laughs> it's a good, it's a, it's a great question. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for one of the things I would say is acknowledge ahead of time that we all bring our own baggage to every relational situation. Yep. You know, I remember years ago talking to a, a guy in a work context mm-hmm. and he didn't realize how poorly what he said made him sound, but I, I felt nothing but sympathy for him and a bit of pity afterwards. But he said to me, I knew I wasn't going to like you before I ever met you. <laughs> There's some expectation. Right? Yeah, exactly. And I thought, that says a lot more about you than it does about me, you know, because you didn't even. And, and he later on unpacked, you reminded me of somebody else. Yeah. And all the things that my negative experiences with him, I superimposed on you. So my point is, we all do that. Maybe not all of us are quite so open about that, but we all bring our previous experiences into every situation. If somebody has hurt us in the past, and we've all been hurt. (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's if you've lived, you've, you've you've experienced hurt. Well, and I have a I have a theory on that. I think that God like makes sure that you'll be hurt. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I'm not saying that He's the one that does the hurting, but He certainly allows things. And if I look through every character that God used in a great way in the Bible, there was hurt that was there because when we go through that, it really does turn our eyes back to the Lord. It puts a trust, and it helps us to really look at our character. If everybody in the world did everything that you wanted and behaved just the way you wanted, would that really develop character in your life? So sometimes those things, you know, can be the Lord working to deepen us and develop our character. Agreed. So going back to your question about who do I trust, (laughs) uh, you know, so I, I think reputation is huge. Yes. You know, so does this person have a reputation that would say they're worthy of my trust? Yeah. How much shared experience do I have? So I don't see trust as, you know, binary on off. I see it as a graduated scale. Yeah. So if I walk into a situation and I'm working with somebody or I'm engaging with somebody that I don't know, you know, then I'm going to, I will start giving test. <laughs> you know, I mean, like I'm going to, in a work context, okay, it's, let's assume it's an employee. Yep. I'm going to give them a small project to do. Do they do that project on time? Do they do it with efficiency? Do they do it yep. effectively? All that. So that's building trust. That tells me I can trust them with more. Maybe yep. I'm talking to somebody and I, I give them a piece of information that isn't best shared with everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm testing to see, do they know how to keep a confidence? You know, yeah. so I think we can do things that allow us to build trust. Yeah. And of course, the same thing happens is when they don't do that, it erodes trust. Well, and then even God says, like, if you're faithful in small things, exactly. then he'll entrust greater things to you. So I, and God's sovereign, obviously, but there is still a pattern of going, hey, as you show yourself faithful, then larger things come your way. So in in some degree, God is saying, how how do I build trust? It's 
when you're faithful in small things. Well, one thing that I'm really convinced of, because I've, I've, I think you you find in the church two different kinds of people in mm. life. You have some people that just, and and I've even heard it from pulpits. Oh, you just need to be a, learn to be a trusting person. Just trust people. Uh, I don't know that that's necessarily to go through life trusting everybody you come in contact with is that that's very healthy. Nor do I think that it's healthy to go, hey, I've been hurt. I'm not trusting anybody. Right. I don't think that that's healthy either. I love the scripture. Jesus said this. It <laughs> says that Jesus, uh, it says that he trusted no man because he knew what was in their heart. Yep. And I think it, it really comes into a context of going, I'm not saying that we don't trust anyone. But I think that there's an element that we have to know that people are human. People will fail us at times, and we bring that context. And so what you're saying is you throw out a little bit, and then you see, hey, can I trust you in these areas? And then over time, you can build uh, trust. But uh, can I put some context, and I want to do it with a question. Sure. So say you start to build trust, and you go, hey, this person has really shown themselves faithful. I've talked to them. I feel like we have a great camaraderie. And then one day you come to discover that they have done something behind your back or they've done something that's very un- untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. How, how, do you, how do you navigate through that? It's, it's a tough one. You know, I, I'm, I think about the psalm where David says, you know, if, if this he's talking about an injury, you know, mm-hmm. a, a relational hemorrhage that's happened in his life. And he said, if this had happened from one of my enemies, I could have bore it. But this was from the man that I used to walk to the <laughs> temple of the Lord with. Like yeah. this was my one of my closest friends. Yeah. And that kind of pain, you know, is tough. So I think when, you know, a couple of things just pop in my mind. One when you think trust a break of trust has happened don't make assumptions so go to the person and talk to them yes first of all you know bible's very clear if you think your brother has something against you or if you have something against your brother you go to them directly yes this then it gets you know if if, if they own it there still needs to be a process of sort of restoration and rebuilding trust you know i mean let's put it in a really terrible situation, you know, a spouse founds out that his partner has cheated on him or her. And they say, you know, they go to them, they own it. That doesn't mean you immediately rebuild trust. You know, so there has to be a process of what does rebuilding trust look like. And and owning it, I think, is really important. I don't know if I've had people that have been deceptive with me and then they come back and go, well, if I would have told you the truth, you wouldn't have liked it. And you go, well, <laughs> it doesn't mean that you're not honest. Like, you know what I mean? The, and, and, lie, being lied to twice didn't help you either. <laughs> and I mean, even in marital things, I've heard sure. I've heard people go, well, I wouldn't have cheated on you if you hadn't have done A, B, C, D. Well, that doesn't absolve the cheating part of it. So, right. you know, making sure that they're owning it, first of all. And then what is the process in regaining that? So how do you how do you regain trust when you've lost it? So let me go back just for a second. So not every time when you go to somebody, do they own it? <laughs> so sometimes they'll just lie. But scripture, I think, actually gives us a, a hint of what we're supposed to do there. Yep. Because it says if you go to a brother privately and they don't repent, then you go in the council of two or three. Right. Now, let's be honest, that's uncomfortable. Yes. But if a relationship is worth rebuilding, 
Yes. You know, and if it's in the body of Christ, it's worth rebuilding, at least trying to rebuild. Absolutely. Then you go with two or three and you say, look, you said we've got witnesses here that disagree with, you know, you got to get the truth into the light. You know, nothing good grows in the dark. Yeah. You know, so you got to get that. Assuming you finally get to a place where there's someone owns it, there's willingness to repent. And of course, repentance, you know, there's that piece of, you know, they're they're sorry, sorry for what they did. They've asked for forgiveness. They're willing. They're asking for restoration. Then I think it's that same process that we talked about earlier. It's mm-hmm. not, OK, you're restored back to where you were. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's another once again, it's that re that gradual mm-hmm. rebuilding of trust. For me, one of the major issues here is. Starting from a perspective, let me say two things. One, forgiveness and trust are two very different things. Yes. I trust is something that I give to you. Forgiveness is something that starts between me and God. And then, so if I have to be, I have to forgive. Right. So 100%. And there's no restoring if there's not a proper forgiveness. Right. Like a proper way of navigating through that. There's no future relationship until you can get that straightened out first. Absolutely. But I would distinguish, maybe you can come back on this, maybe you disagree, or maybe you agree, I don't know. But just because I have forgiven doesn't necessarily mean a restoration of trust. A- absolutely. I And, you know, Agape love is loving all people, all times, all places. We're commanded to do that. Yep. Our enemies who despitefully use us, we are commanded to love them. And so that that is, yes, that, that never dissolves. So somebody that's hurt you, done you wrong, lied about you, we are still to love them and bless them. However, that doesn't mean that we're necessarily supposed to be in relationship with them. That's something that's built over time as trust is built. Right. And so for me, it's, you know, that's the first one is making the distinction between forgiveness and trust. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is what helps me is to realize that, you know, I was reading this past week in my devotional time, the parable or or the teaching where Jesus says, you know, talks about the the speck and the log, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got to you're trying to get the speck out of your brother's eye and you've got a log in your own, you know, and it's actually, you know, in, in the, when Jesus was doing that, it's actually, he was, he was being funny. I mean, he was making a, a ridiculous, a sarcastic, yeah, like an exaggeration, sarcastic. you know, of saying nobody, you know, the image of a log sticking out of somebody's eye, but it's funny how we're so quick to judge the failings of others, mm-hmm. you know, but not our own. We won't, Grace for us and law for them. (laughs) And that is universal. (laughs) Absolutely. So I think underlying all this process, we need to start with the understanding that just as people have hurt me and disappointed Mm -hmm. me, I've disappointed others. Yep. So I want to apply to them the same grace that I would want applied to me. Now, that's that that provides the soil, but that's not the house yep. of of restoration and trust. So then I think like we talked about, it's going back, it's asking those questions, it's giving people opportunities to prove themselves trustworthy. 
Yeah. You know, and and it's sort of that same process, but you're doing it with a bit more of a net safety net <clears throat> yeah. underneath. What about you? What do yeah. you? Yeah, this is a good, you know, as you're as you're talking, one thing that I'm that's going through my mind, and it, this probably applies to a lot of people that are watching. We're talking a lot of restoring the relationship, and that certainly should be an aspect. How and where do you restore? Uh, and then we can talk about the person that offended us and then how how we should respond to that. But I think it's also really important that we process the emotions mm. of when we're hurt because this is what I found, found as a pastor, counselor in different areas, that people tend to carry a lot of hurt from the past, and they never process it. They never go through and go, hey, h- how do I come to this place where I have this individual that I trusted, I had— you know, had put in a high place in my mind, and then they fail me. Now, how do, how do I how do I process the hurt of that? Because yes, you can forgive and talk about moving forward in the relationship, but you can't do that until you've processed some of the hurt and mm. and the disillusionment of the relationship. And so, I think that as you're going through and saying, "Okay, I forgive you," how do I move forward? Making sure that on your side. That you're going to the Lord who is the healer. And I, I think the one thing that cannot be missed in this, there is one person that you can always trust, mm. and that is Jesus Christ. That is the God of heaven. You can always trust. You never, I never have to worry about him failing me. Uh, there is always, even to the people that I have tr- high trust level with, I always have to have this, uh, this part in me that goes, they're still human. Sure. And to some degree, people will fail me. But my eyes cannot be fixed on them, or I will always live in disappointment. My eyes have to be fixed on Christ. And then when I navigate through, I can do it with grace and kindness because I've not elevated them to a place that they really shouldn't be in my life. Uh, my my heart and my mind is focused first on Christ. Sure. You know, I both of you and I have lived, in, lived and functioned in leadership roles. Mm. And one of the things I've discovered through the years is if you allow people— to venerate you, <laughs> one day they will demonize you. And that comes from, a le- yeah, and, and as a pastor, if you're watching and you're a pastor, dear Lord, people will pat their backs on you. I had a guy that said, the, my person that was a mentor in my life, he said, always be careful when you first show up to the church, the people that wrap their arms around <laughs> you and talk about how great you are, just, he said, just write it in your notebook. They'll be the first people that stab <laughs> you in the back. And uh, I don't know that that's always true, but it certainly bore out in a few occasions. Mm. So, you know, and so I think for one, as it relates to that particular issue as leaders, I think, and well, anybody, we should be careful to not let people venerate us. Yes. You know, it's nice when people are saying great things about us and all that, but it's good for us to temper that. Yep. Just keep reminding people, thank you. That's very kind of you. Of course, I'm humble. I mean, I'm human. Yeah. I need grace every day. If there's anything good in my life, it's because of what God is doing, not just because of yep. what he has done, but what he is doing in my life. And, and you know, this we've talked a little bit about this restoration process, but— that's a good place. I mean, that's a that's part of maturity. Yep. You know, so if if we think about it in our own lives when we've disappointed others and when others have disappointed us, it is an opportunity for growth and maturation and growing in discipleship 
if we process these things correctly. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've shared this story with you before, but uh, when I was just a new believer, I'm coming out of bars and whatever, and the first church that I really belonged to was a very traditional Baptist church, and it was actually the place that I first felt felt a call to to, to preach. And the pastor that's there, I have a great, I still have a great adoration for him, a great man of God. Um, but I had a friend that had invited me to go to a Pentecostal meeting on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. And so it was either that or go shoot pool. And so I was like, well, I'll go to the church service. And I went and I was like, my first time in a Pentecostal church, I was like, I mean, they had children dancing in circles with flags. And I was like, I don't know that this is me. Um, But somebody in the church. I would pay to see you dance in a circle with a flag. (laughs) Actually, well, you know, I'm on the flag team at my church. I didn't know if you know. I'm joking. Uh, But anyways, in in that uh, somebody had just saw me going to the church and they told the pastor. The, the pastor met with me. I was a youth leader and was getting involved. I was put out of everything in the church. And I was like, I don't even believe like they do. And he was like, yep, yeah, but you went, and you should not have gone to a church like that without my okay. And I was so—I mean, I was like—I was devastated. Sure, of course you were. I was devastated. And I was like, you know, uh, you know, I have this saying that, like, you know, when I was in the bars, I was like, oh, I'm, now I'm going to go hang out with the church people that are all nice— and, you know, a couple years into it, I was like, dang, church people can be, you know, a little mean and harsh at times. So, you know, I, I had that. It was only a few years after that. L- later, I, I did become like, I really liked Jimmy Swagger. Mm. When he had his mm. moral failure, it was, I was devastated by it. And I think that through that time, the Lord was bringing me to mm. this place of going, you know, just first of all, don't always trust people that you don't know so well. And keep your eyes on Christ. You yeah. can love everyone that's out there uh, and and build relationships in that way. But I, I think it's also really important that we keep a perspective that people will fail us. And when you go through those things, it could have destroyed my spiritual life. Sure. Uh, but in those moments, I went to the Lord. And I think that when you go through hurtful experiences, and this has been something that has permeated throughout my spiritual life Mm. is that when I hit those moments of disappointment with people, I go to the Lord because he is the faithful friend that helps me to navigate through these. Yeah. You ever had any experiences like that? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if you, like we said earlier, if you've been a believer any time, (laughs) you know, but yeah, I mean, the closer, you know, we've, we've said this before in other topics on this Mm. conversation and this podcast, but you know, pain is directly proportionate to intimacy. Yep. The closer somebody is to us, the more painful it is when they hurt us. Yeah. You know, and and I think it's just one of those things where we as we grow in maturity, mm-hmm. we learn to make a distinction between forgiveness, between trust, and we learn that trust is gradiated. Yeah. You know, there are varying degrees of trust. Yep. And so we want to be trustful people. It's like first Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7 says. Love bears all things. One of the things it says is it believes all things. Yep. You know, and and, and <laughs> that needs some definition. <laughs> it does, of course. You know, and and so you know, we want to we want to be trusting people. Yes. We want to be believing people. You know, at the same time, we live understanding that sin is pervasive. Yep. Sin is every one of our worst enemies. Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody hurts us, usually, you know, 
I think it's I think it's really important that we just understand that we 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 don't villainize the human. Yes. You know, they did wrong. Yes. Maybe even what they did on varying scales was evil. But sometimes that doesn't make people an evil person. I, I mean, there's nobody here. Like two things are universal. One, everybody that's out there has had somebody that has hurt them. Yep. Number two, everyone out there to one degree or another has hurt, hurt somebody, somebody else. else. Exactly. And it, and it, and that is also universal. That's why Jesus died on the cross. Yeah. And so uh, I will say this: when it says that love believes all things. Uh, that's that's not like the verse for all gullible people. I think that is we believe all things that God says. We believe all things that the Lord speaks. Now that doesn't mean that we don't believe and trust other other people or things. But everything has to be tested with God's word and God's spirit. Of course, and um, you know, so believing everything, <laughs> I think you know, you could probably find other verses that says test. Yes, all exactly. Things. So it's a it's a it is a this, and that's why it's such an issue that I think is worthy of talking about today exactly. because it's how you navigate through trusting, loving, forgiving. And uh, yeah. there, there's some people that are out there today, though. And just to say this, first of all, I trust Mark Renfro. Likewise. But maybe people are, you know, kind of coming in today and they're listening and they're going, you know, I've had somebody in my life that's really let me down. Mm-hmm. Um, any final thoughts that you would just say to like, how do how do you walk through that in a way that's healthy? I think you said some things earlier, John. I'll just go back to those, and they were really good. One, it's not unspiritual to process your emotions. Yes. For most of us, you know, emotions related to what feels like betrayal goes in one of two directions. It goes into intense sadness or it goes into intense anger. Yep. It's okay to embrace both of those. Mm-hmm. Now, what we do with them is is the issue. Yep. You know, Scripture says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Doesn't say don't be angry. And it doesn't say that there won't be wrath. Yeah. It's but but deal with it appropriately. Yeah. yeah. Deal with it in the proportion to which it it is deserved. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that's really important. Process your emotions. Um, I think understand that you've got to forgive. Mm-hmm. Not for the person, but for yourself. That's right. You know, so Forgiveness starts with us. I have to forgive the person who's wronged me, first of all, because to hold on to bitterness only makes my own soul toxic. Yeah. And then second, restoration can't happen apart from forgiveness. Mm. And then I think there's that decision of how much restoration needs to happen here. Yeah. How deep is the relationship? Well, and like you said before, do I need to bring somebody in that's an elder or leader or somebody that you both respect that can help to navigate through some of those issues? Exactly. And if and if it's a you know if it's a marital situation or whatever, you may mm. need to bring a counselor mm. into that. You know, when we were talking about this topic, one of the reasons we chose it was because it is so universal. And yep. you know, as we wrap up our time today. You know, I want to ask you to go into pastoral mode. There is no doubt there are people who are going to listen to this podcast, who are going to watch it, who have been hurt. Yeah. There are people in their lives that they trusted. Yep. Maybe they trusted without a net. Maybe they trusted too much. Mm -hmm. But but they've been hurt. Yes. And they're kind of like that guy I referred to at the beginning of the 
podcast. You know, now they're they're bringing that hurt into every single relationship, yep. and they're not able to trust. One, I'm going to ask that you'd speak into their lives, and then two, I'm going to ask you to pray for them. Yeah, that's good, Mark. The first thing I would say is this, that when you're hurt, you tend to build walls. And one thing that I've found with people through counseling and people in church, even leaders, that you it, pastors who start to mistrust their congregation, so they build walls to protect themselves. And what we do in life is when we're hurt, we, we build walls and go, you're not going to hurt me again. And some of that is, like you said, some of it is because they're just evil people. Sometimes it's because we haven't properly, you know, gone through and go, hey, I got one person I trust. His name is Jesus. Everybody else, to some degree, is going to fail me, and I need to have a, a grace and understanding. But when you start to surround yourself with walls, what you do is you you don't allow them to hurt you, but it also keeps you from community. Sure. And and the thing that I think is important about this uh, podcast is that we are, we as the body of Christ are meant to be in unity and we are meant to be in community. Mm-hmm. And so what happens in this in this, you know, communal unity, you know, in this community is that if you live in these hurt places and you don't navigate through it and process it, then it means you live there and you can never fulfill the fullness of God's plan and purposes in your life when you're behind those walls. And so today what our prayer is 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 saying God Whatever the source of the hurt is, my fault, their fault, whoever's fault it may be, the walls have to come down, and then the communication has to start. And it starts with saying, I am devoted to seeing the healing. Mm -hmm. So if we have to bring somebody else in or whatever we have to do to make sure that that the body of Christ is in unity and love, because it's only in that healthy place that you can really fulfill the purposes of God and your life and your ministry and the body. And so I, there has to be a dedication to it because when things hurt, we tend to put walls and and then push the issue away. But that's not healthy and it's not right. Uh, God and through the Holy Spirit is going to say, no, you have to start bringing the walls down. You have to start talking through the issues and bring healing. So my prayer, if you're watching today, is this. You know, Lord, what, what? first of all, what is the hurt? Who are the people that have hurt me? What am I still living with? And h- how can I walk through this now in a biblical way? Mm-hmm. How can I walk through it and really learn to be that trusting, loving person that can move forward in life and have an effect? So that means you're going to have to process through things. So can we pray yeah, for that? I think it'd be great. John. We're going to pray right now. And Lord, I pray for people that are uh, they've tuned in, they're watching or listening, and uh, Lord, they're carrying the baggage that Mark was talking about. And Lord, the walls have been high. Lord, they've been hurt. They push everything away. But Lord, I believe that by your Holy Spirit today, you're wanting to bring the walls down. God, you're wanting to bring healing into relationships. And Lord, I pray, God, that for, for people that have hurt us, it may or may not mean that the friendship will be what it used to be. Uh, Lord, that is a process. But God, I pray that we would start with with you healing those wounds and bringing those walls down so that we can learn to trust again and to walk in the fullness, Lord, of the things that you've called us to. So, Lord, we are speaking right now, Lord, healing, restoration. God, I pray for that one that may be here. And, and right now they're even weeping because they know that they're in this broken place. And I pray in Jesus' name 
that they would find the pathway to freedom. And Lord, I pray that the words that we have uh, spoken here today, that you would season them with the Holy Spirit, that God, that you would speak life and authority. And God, I pray today for freedom in Jesus' name, that you would bring God us from those places of death and God speak life Mm. in Jesus' name. And we will always give you the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, John. Be sure to join us next week for uh, a really exciting episode. You're going to hear some news about what's next. And so I think it'll really be of benefit to you. We want to have some time of celebration about what God's done in the last year. And we also want to point you forward to what God's doing here at World Challenge and both in John's life and in mine as it relates to ministry. So join us next week for a really exciting episode. Thanks so much for joining us. We know your time is valuable and we're so thankful you chose to spend it with us. If you enjoy listening to John and Mark, you could see both of them in person at the Fire in Our Bones conferences. Their heart is to see your passion for God and your calling rekindled. Check out worldchallenge.org or the show notes for more details. John and Mark will be back next week to offer their insight into how believers can live, love, and lead well in a broken world. We'll see you next time.